Hello, everyone. Welcome back to your therapist playlist. This is Anna, and we have Matt here. Hello, hello, hello. Hope you all are doing good. Thank you guys for listening to um, our episode so far. I mean, it looked like we got a good amount of listeners for episode one, episode two. We've been getting some good feedback. Um, Thank you to everyone who has followed us on uh, Instagram and liked our Facebook page. Our Facebook page, again, is Your Therapist Playlist. Instagram, Your Therapist Playlist. Uh, I think the handle is YT underscore uh, playlist, right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, so how are you doing today, Matt? Um, I'm doing pretty well. I'm actually snacking on a bowl of cereal, just in case the listeners are wondering what's going on with Matt's voice or if he hears like the uh crunching, munching, that's what's going on. Um, but yeah, life's been good. Uh, work has been okay. Of course, up some ups, some downs when it comes to clients, but we're working through, we're working through. Last week was National Eating Disorder Awareness Week. We did uh, two events and a campaign event. Turnout wasn't as uh, high as I hoped it would be, but uh, we'll try again next year. What about you? It's been going good. Uh, actually, I was watching some soccer this morning. My favorite team, they won a game. My favorite player is Gareth Bale, and he scored two goals today. And uh, I am, what do you call it? Um, uh, I am confident enough or comfortable enough, whatever, in my marriage. Anyway, I love Gareth Bale. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I was getting at. It's really the core of what I'm trying to say is – I love that man, and, and particularly when he passes the ball to himself and then scores a goal is my favorite thing to watch. How does he pass it to himself? Because he's so fast, Matt. He's so fast. He runs so fast, and then he kicks the ball like between the defender's legs or whatever around the defender, and then he runs and he catches it himself, and then he kicks it, and he scores a goal, and it's amazing. And I really, really, really want to see him play in person in London at some point in my life. I feel like that would be that is illegal on like other games, but it's cool that it's something that can happen in football or soccer. Yeah. Football, yes. I'm actually wearing a Gareth Bale T-shirt right now. Um, and listeners, I want you guys to know that Matt has Dragon Ball Z T-shirt, and it's super, super, super cool. Um, <laughs> it has Piccolo and Gohan, and uh, Gohan in Saiyan form. Just Ozaru. Is that what you call it? Mm-hmm. Okay, the giant monkey form. Yeah. Although, you are right. It is a giant monkey. But in the anime and manga, they call it the giant ape. But apes don't have tails. And monkeys do have tails. Therefore, he is a monkey. But when they rip off the tail, because that, for some reason, happens a lot on the show. Like, it's like no big deal. Yeah. Um, then it becomes an ape. It's important that you guys know that. Mm. <laughs> you make Matt laugh while he's eating his cereal. <laughs> so we've got a great episode for you guys today. We do, we do. We are talking about heartbreak, heartache, young love, all that good stuff. Different from last week's episode. Mm-hmm. 
And we also have a special blooper to share with you guys at the end of the episode because we just we're just we're just we're just so welcoming, so inviting. We want you guys to be in on all the experiences that we do as podcasters and recorders and therapists. So be on the lookout for that. You want to give them- <laughs> what's up? You want to give them some background on why we chose this particular topic outside of oh yeah, love and Valentine's Day and all that fun stuff. Um, I think well, I think we got to it because we were kind of like well, when we did the Valentine's Day episode, we were like, you know, not everybody is into Valentine's Day. Not everybody like is in a relationship. Or, you know, some people might have just gone through a breakup or going through a breakup, you know, whatever, whatever. So we wanted to, we kind of wanted to bring some balance to that. So this week is our, is our, is our heartbreak episode. And there were so many to choose from. It was, it was actually, I can't say it was like super hard, but it was hard choosing the right one because we had talked about selecting one either from our childhoods or one that personified what it was like for us to go through that type of relationship when we were like kids, adolescents, young adults. So it was fun, challenging, but fun. Yeah, definitely challenging. Cause I mean, there's so many songs out there about heartache, heartbreak, all of that. So you gotta kind of find the right one. And um, I feel like we both did good. I feel like we both uh, made some good choices for this episode. So much passion. So, yeah, so I, I will be starting us out this week. Um, my song choice is Driver's License by Olivia Rodrigo. And this is a song that is really very popular right now with the young people um, because it is because, because of the vibes, Matt. It's because of the vibes. Apparently it gives vibes of uh feelings of heartbreak the young teenage love um is it unrequ- unrequited i feel like i'm saying that wrong i don't know i know the word but unrequited yeah 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 that <laughs> unrequited <laughs> love longing um you know adoration all of those things this this song uh gives the feelings and there's been multiple multiple covers of this song done uh, recently, a cover that I like that I prefer is Connor Maynard. I want to give a shout out to Connor Maynard because of all his cover songs. I think they're amazing. I love his voice. Um, I've seen songs he's done with his brother. Those are great too. Um, and I have been listening to him for years. Uh, his his cover is actually the one that Matt and I prefer. Um, and there's also an, another good cover of this song is by Jaden. It's spelled like J-X-D-N. Um, it's more of like a pop punk version. I really enjoyed that song as well, uh, that I, version of this song. When you told me about it earlier, I thought you meant Will Smith's son, Jaden. That was super hype. Now, now I'm disappointed. <laughs> yeah, I know. I love uh, Will Smith's son, Jaden, too. His music is awesome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, this is spelled J-X-D-N. And I actually like, looked it up. I was like, is, is it? I mean, I'm assuming this pronounced Jaden. It says it is, uh, according to good old Google. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was good. Um, but now I'm thinking if Will Smith's son did a version of this song, what would it be like? 
that was what I was imagining. And I was kind of intimidated at first, but I was like, you know what? <laughs> he hasn't disappointed me yet. So I'll have a cautious belief that he can do this. <laughs> now I wish that he did. Because <laughs> so, we have imagined in our minds now, what would that be like? Um but yeah, no, no, this is another, another Jaden, I guess, J-X-D-N, Jaden. <laughs> um, but anyway, <laughs> anyway, uh, but you know, Olivia Rodrigo, she's the original, you know, she's the artist, put the song out there. Um, it's, uh, it's very nostalgic for me. So I, uh, giving a little background on my dating life i didn't start dating until college high school i went to a small high school there's only like 200 kids um very small male population um i knew that i was not gonna be dating in high school it was just not not gonna happen um and then when i got to college i was like whoa guys are actually talking to me like that's crazy why are they talking to me and <laughs> Um, and that was like a, a whole new experience for me. Um, and, uh, that's when I had my first boyfriend. I think I was, uh, 19, 20, 19, 19, like it was 19. Like that. Yeah. The very end of 19 when I, I had my first relationship and then we dated for a year and a half. Yeah. And um, then I went off to grad school. Um, and before I, before I started grad school, I broke up with him. I don't think I told you, Matt, but I did break up with him over the phone, okay, <laughs> after a year and a half. And in my defense, okay, we lived we're like four, four hours of fa- apart, okay? <laughs> we lived quite a while apart. And um, so I still feel bad about that. Um, but, and, and I didn't, it, it was one of those things where like, I didn't want to break up, but I knew that that was the right thing to do because I did not, um, I just couldn't really see the future. Like we were on different paths. It just, it was not going to be us. And I, and he's someone I genuinely had told when I was breaking up with him, like, you're going to find somebody else. Cause he was just about to start a new like school program thing. And I was telling him, I was like, you're going to, you're, you're going back to school right now. I was like, you're going to meet other uh, people that are into the same things you're in and in the same field as you. And they're, and they're going to like the same stuff and you're going to meet somebody there and you guys are going to be perfect for each other. And like, you, you know, like it's going to be awesome. <laughs> and, I, and you know what, Matt, he married somebody that he was in the program with. So I was right. Spoken into existence. Hey. I did. I did speak it. And I was super happy. I'm like, I'm super happy for him. Um, I'm uh, gl- glad that, I, I mean, I don't, I haven't talked to him since that day. <laughs> but I mean, I assume his life is probably good. And um, he was a really sweet guy. Uh, but anyway, so so that, that relationship ended. My first and only relationship ended. And then I started graduate school, moved to Chicago, met all the Chicago guys. Matt's a Chicago guy. <laughs> she didn't date me, though, just to be clear. I didn't date Matt. Um, Chicago guys, for me, were all of the uh, fancy guys, suit and tie guys, downtown Chicago. 
Um, I was enthralled by every like the was it diversity of the city. So meeting people from all over the world. One of the most fun nights I had mm. was <laughs> in the city. Let me rephrase that. One of the most fun nights I had in the city was um, going to watch uh, Tottenham Hotspur. That's the soccer team I like. Went yeah. to their clubhouse. There's a place called Atlantic in the city. I went there to watch a game. Or no, no, no. It wasn't to watch a game. It was a, like a party. And then the other like club from New York was there visiting. And I got there. Me and, my, and I invited one of my friends. We get there. This guy from England buys us drinks. We're like, cool. I've never met anybody from England before. This is awesome. Then yeah. this guy from Ireland is like lawyer comes up, starts talking to you. us. I'm like, cool, cool, cool. This guy's gorgeous. He has a friend. His friend from Wales, my favorite player is from Wales. I was like, oh, my God, you're from Wales. Gareth Bale's from Wales. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and then uh, me and that guy, like, just immediately hit it off. We we uh, we were singing karaoke in the bar. We were all singing together. Uh, he and I were singing. He and I started dancing together in the middle of a bar. And this was not a dancing bar, Matt. There was nobody else in that bar dancing. It was, it's like a restaurant bar. <laughs> so it was super fun. Um, but that, that's, that was a good night. You know, the city had a lot of bad nights. <laughs> I met a lot of not so good people. Um, so uh, this particular song makes me think of this guy that I met who was a musician and he was older, he was established, he was smart. Um, I, thought he was amazing you know um i was so entranced by the whole suit and tie you know the fancy uh wool jacket with the scarf and everything and i'm like oh my gosh this guy's this guy's just like uh i don't know like just someone off of a uh, hallmark movie <laughs> like this is amazing and I thought I was completely in love. Um, and <laughs> just like in this song, um, let me see where I'm thinking exactly in the lyrics as I look through the lyrics. Uh, the lyrics of like, yeah, I've never felt this way for no one. Can't imagine how you'd be so okay now that I'm gone. Um, <laughs> all these songs, like it's that 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 feeling of, of um infatuation like just thrown into a song <laughs> like infatuation in a song and and we've all felt that i'm pretty sure we've all felt that at some point for someone who probably was not deserving of the amount of admiration or adoration admiration infatuation all of the asians yeah. that we provide um and i and it's just that that that's just like youthful like sort of that that uh naive feeling you know because i had just i it had probably not even been a, a, a few probably well probably about like four months since i had gotten out of my uh first and only relationship so that was all i knew was you know the kind small town of uh, chivalrous guy you know <laughs> respectful guy and then I go to the city and i'm meeting all these different people and i meet this guy who i think is amazing who is not amazing who what I'm pretty sure was probably seeing 
Like, I feel like he had a girlfriend that he wasn't telling me about. Nah, I'm like 99% sure he did. But I'm pretty <laughs> sure he probably was seeing other women too. But I didn't know because I didn't know what casual dating meant. I didn't know what anything he said meant, really. <laughs> I was just, I just um, was like, oh, this guy likes me. This is amazing. Now my world revolves around him. <laughs> and uh, this song just just uh, reminds me so much of, of that feeling. Like, um, the way, well, even in Connor Maynard's version, um, how, like, passionate he is when he sings. And, that, like, just that I've never felt this way for no one. Like, hearing that, the first time I heard the song, I was just smiling because I was like, bullshit that's bullshit (laughs) like that was definitely something that I felt back then and it was not true (laughs) it was just not true um but when you're young it's it's like when you're young and you're dating you're trying to figure out what love is as you go like we all kind of have an idea of what love is like we grow up like we know like our uh parents, caregivers, whoever raised you, um, you know, they give you love and affection, ideally, and you have some sort of concept of like what love is. But then when you start dating, you realize, okay, well, obviously, this is different than like the love I feel for family and friends. So what is this supposed to be like? What does this look like? What does this feel like? Okay, I think this is love. That was me with my first boyfriend. I, I think I love him. I told him I loved him. I feel really bad about that now because <laughs> but I, I like I, I feel bad about it. I don't think I would say that I shouldn't have said it because I obviously believed it at that time and I was just yeah. a kid. But um, but I feel bad now just looking back and thinking like that wasn't even close to love. <laughs> like that wasn't even close. You're way off. It also says something about the fact that there are different types of love too. Like maybe the love you felt for him at the time was more so one of just simply a young love. Like you're trying to find yourself, you're noticing that you have common interests, shared feelings in terms of like reciprocity. You mesh well, but you don't know why you mesh well. That, that could be a relationship that is healthy in the sense of identifying that, hey, this works because it fits the phase of my life that I'm in current. You know what? That's um, currently <laughs> that word. Yes, yeah. currently, as in that it is uh, that that uh, I'm like losing my words here. But that is the perfect word to say when describing it because it is continuously changing. Like when you're trying to figure it out, when you're young and you're trying to figure out what it is, it's like yes, right now this is what I think love is. Once you finally figure it out or get to that point, it's like it's just something completely different. <laughs> it's just it's just like a completely different feeling. I I uh, I've always kind of said like anybody I've dated. I mean I mean the viewers can't or listeners can't see this, but I'm using you know, <laughs> quotes here and <laughs> dated. Um, I've always been able to imagine myself without that person and be okay with that. And like, and I'm talking like with my first boyfriend, I remember we got in one argument one time and I told him like, 
that I wanted him to like just pull the car over and I just wanted to get out I just wanted to leave right um and I was like already in my mind like I'm done with this I don't want anything to do with this and it wasn't even it wasn't even a big fight it wasn't even like worth that much of a response I think he was just being rude like joking rude and I wasn't responding well to it but um that's and I don't know and that's always like how I knew that like it was temporary like exactly like what you said like this is the current situation I'm in but um this could change at any time and I would be okay with it and I mean that is like a healthy sign of a relationship like you shouldn't you know, see the world ending. If you're not together anymore, Mm. Um, you should be able to part ways and genuinely wish each other the best and, you know, be able to move forward. Um, But I think like with my current, uh, I didn't even call it a relationship, like husband, marriage, whatever. (laughs) I kind of like don't have that. I think as soon as I met my husband, I couldn't, I could not conceptualize him not being a part of my life in any capacity it was it's it was like it, it was like my brain was like is like it would like short circuit if i yeah. tried to think of it. it's like no can't compute like just blank emptiness does not work yeah and i'm like okay yeah but what if this and this and this happens and my brain's just like no <laughs> can't see that no 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 <laughs> how soon did that happen oh man i would say probably like a few months in and it was kind of like, and I mean, um, of course, you know, if there was any type of like abuse or any type of situation like that, then yeah, it's going to change. But, um, but I'm talking about like within the context of like a healthy relationship, then yeah. yeah. Cause it's not, because it's not like dependent upon like my happiness is dependent upon him. It's like, I want this person in my life forever. Yeah. It, you know, that's a marriage thing. Um, want like yes can i exist without them yes i can physically mentally emotionally exist without them but my brain is like yeah but we don't like that so we're not gonna we can't picture that and we're not gonna look at it so because so it's just uh and it's weird because that's never that never happened to me before and i even told my husband i was like you're the first person i've never broken up with I could break up with everybody because <laughs> like, I always get to that point where I like, I'm just like, no, I can see, I can see it. You know, I can see it yeah. now. And, 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 uh, and this is, yeah. And so like, I can make that decision that we're not, you know, we, we shouldn't be together anymore. And then I do the breaking up, but with him, I just couldn't, I couldn't see it. <laughs> so I was like, this is weird. What is this? This, is a, this doesn't make sense to me. Um, so yes. and I was like, well, I guess we gotta get married. And that was about it. but it's uh but yeah so so this song um there's more more nostalgic uh even the lines about like uh oh yeah it's something like i feel bad for my friends because they're never going to know you the way that i know you it's just like oh my gosh like the the drama that comes along with young love like yeah the the perfect picture that you paint in your head um about this person that you're so infatuated with that is just not reality um but you feel it like you feel it like i you feel the passion that the the singer has with this song and you know that they know how it feels too um 
um it's uh you know like it's a it's a it's a good connection what are your thoughts matt so for me when it comes to how any song starts off as the listeners will learn as you are learning currently i like i like how songs start off that's one of the things that I can typically enjoy about music. How does the artist start the song off? What what's the lyric that starts us off? What's the what's the expression that they use? Whether it be physical, like vocals, um, whether it be the chords, the progression of the chords, the instrumentation. It can be even like a movie, like sample clip. Like how does it start off? And this song starts off two verses really really succinctly i got my driver's license last week just like we always talked about because you were so excited for me to finally drive up to your house and i i remember what that was like it brought me back right into adolescence and then realizing after things had gone to shit how often broken promises occur when you're young dumb and in air quotes love Oftentimes when that happens, it's because we, without even knowing it, we start to idealize a person. And what idealization is for the listeners who aren't um, too inclined when it comes to mental health terminology is when you see only the best parts of somebody without also reconciling the flaws, the flaws or faults or vices that they may have. So let's say you meet somebody who is your preferred height your preferred race, your preferred uh, education level, preferred income level, preferred status when it comes to occupation. And then you find out this man got five baby mamas. What are you going to do? Well, listening to me here, give you this example. You're going to say, I'm leaving. I ain't going to put up with this. But again, this is your preferred everything. It's just this one thing. And sometimes people fall into that trap of ignoring the one thing that they will never permit from anybody else, but allowing this person to come into their lives, maybe for good reasons, maybe because held down five baby mamas, shows accountability, didn't run away, pays child support, makes enough to stay in the relationship and keep it afloat. That's a definition of a good partner right there. But in my experience, anybody that has five baby mamas isn't necessarily doing that type of, you know, charitable act in life. Not until like they're in their late 30s, early 40s, late 50s, after a lot of life experience and a lot of different lawsuits and a lot of different alimony court cases that have come up. So that's what idealization is. And in that first line, I already hear this person really, really seeing this person in just one light, the light of, oh my God, they're amazing. Only to come to find out that, yeah, this relationship, everything that I put into this relationship, it was taxing. Now I'm tired. Now I'm down and about about myself. The heartache that you hear when it comes to anybody who has did a cover of this song, it's often one that has to be very powerful in terms of their performance because you can't just sing about heartbreak, heartache, and just breakups with a monotonous voice. You can't sing it without passion because if you're singing it without passion, you're missing on the ability to convey 
how much insecurity started to manifest within the relationship and afterwards because of the lack of hindsight or rather insight during the relationship and the lack of hindsight after it. When you find yourself idealizing, one of the most difficult components of it to process is that it is a sense of entitlement, right? You want to see this person in this best light on this pedestal because you want them to be incorporated within your life so that you yourself can feel secure and know that I'm doing the things that matter. I'm doing the things that are right. I'm doing things that demonstrate that, hey, this is the best life that I can live. And that's kind of selfish. You can't date somebody just because of superficial reasons. It's kind of like choosing to find a partner just based off of looks alone. Yeah, it works out at the beginning. You get something nice to look at. Ooh, shiny thing. But eventually you get tired of the shiny thing. And then you realize, oh, it's just a fucking piece of toil or foil. What do I need this shit for? And then you may throw it out. But then again, Again, that's what makes the whole dynamic of idealization sometimes a sense of entitlement, because if you feel as if you can take ownership of something and then throw it away without any consequence to it, then you may be hurting more people than you thought possible. You may be even hurting yourself. You may be a narcissist. Yeah, you may (laughs) be sacrificing your sense of self which causes you to portray the values that you may unconsciously have, but have never consciously thought of in the present moment to the wayside. You may, like Anna said, be a narcissist. Now that's not to be confused with somebody who has narcissistic personality disorder. That just may mean that you are self-involved, you're egotistical, you're selfish, you, and you are thinking about only yourself, your needs and your wants. Now, again, that doesn't necessarily make you a bad person. We as people have to engage in some semblance, I learned from Anna, of narcissism to thrive in life. Sometimes we have to put our needs and wants first when it comes to accomplishing the things that make us feel fulfilled as a person. But if you're always self-sacrificing those needs and wants for other people just because you want to be liked, sorry to say this, guys, you're going to have a bad time. You're going to have a bad time. Mm-hmm. And Matt, you brought up something that I wanted to talk about is um, the whole saying that like you need to stay fit and attractive for your partner. Have you heard that before? Yeah, like because I feel like it's common, but I don't know. Um, <laughs> I feel like it's super common. But anyway, um, I want to bring that up because I. Uh, <laughs> Or I think uh, Matt and I agree here. It's important to stay healthy for yourself. Yes. Not for anybody else. Like, yeah, you want your partner to be attracted to you. You know, you want to be attracted to them. It's got to be mutual. Mutual physical, uh, you know, chemistry is important. Um, But that can't be your only motivation. So, and as therapists, we talk to our clients a lot about finding that uh, internal motivation rather than external. Um, and the, uh, I, I always like to ask my clients, you know, like it, I do an exercise with them about um, different emotional needs. I ask them about different emotional needs, like if they feel loved unconditionally, if they feel that they are 
treated with respect and dignity. Most of the time, my clients say, yeah, um, you know, I feel like my parents love me unconditionally. I feel like my friends and family, uh, you know, treat me with respect and dignity. Okay, great. Cool, cool, cool. How about you? Like, do you treat yourself with respect and dignity? Do you love yourself unconditionally? And that's always the area where whoever I'm working with says, uh, I'm still working on it. <laughs> uh, look at that. Um, and it's fine to be continuing to work on that, but be aware of it and, and, and make sure that you are putting more time and effort into that than towards other people. Um, like trying to get that unconditional love from others, trying to get that, well, the people around you should be respectful, but make sure that you are respecting yourself. Yeah. Make sure that you are loving yourself unconditionally. Because imagine how much more powerful it is when you choose to focus on yourself, your needs, and your wants. You decide, I want to go to the gym to gain some muscle or lose some weight or start getting into a consistent routine in my life, and I'm doing it for me. How much more attractive is that? That this person is going, you know what? They're not doing this for me. They're doing this for themselves because they want to improve, because they want to make sure they take care of themselves. Imagine how your sexual organs will react to that shit. <laughs> you know, you know what? It also oh, that's hilarious. But you know, <laughs> also um, uh, it makes me think is like it uh, takes the pressure off your partner too, though, because like you don't want to be. You don't want to have a partner that's like constantly, constantly at the gym and constantly like, I'm doing this for you. And then you're sitting there like, you know, just trying to, you know, like eat a sandwich and play a game. Uh, and you're like, well, well, my gosh, like I need to be going to the gym three times a day, too, because they're doing all of this because of me. And I have to keep up with that. I have to I have to I have to meet that and I have to match that. And, uh, you know, what it's <laughs> it's that's a lot of pressure. Yeah. And you can't. Yeah. And it's also just like Otto was saying, being able to reconcile the fact that, again, you should be doing this for yourself, not another person. Like if your partner is trying to press you into doing something that you don't want to do, then that's not really fair. If you ask your partner to hold you to something, then that's a whole different story. And even still, your partner will try their best to be there for you, support you and care for you in a way that demonstrates respect and admiration. They're not going to guilt you about something or they're going to try not to guilt you consciously about doing something that you're not able to do, but they will try to hold you accountable because love ain't always about the happy times. It's about sometimes hard conversations too. And that's a real relationship. When you're a kid, you don't have the opportunity to sometimes, most times I'll say most times to establish that because again, kids, they're all, they're all learning more about themselves, who they are as people, what they like, what they don't like. And at this point in time, they're all horny teenagers. And that's why I brought up the whole sexual organ thing, you know, <laughs> and because it was funny as fuck. Um, the second verse, again, I love how certain songs or certain like verses and songs starts off, starts off. And this one was great. You're probably with that blonde girl who always made me doubt. She's so much older than me. She's everything I'm insecure about. That right there, that hurt. That hit me in the chest when I heard this initially. Like when Anna sent me the song, I put it on replay three times, one to just sit with it and vibe as the kids say. And I was already like, oh man, I hate this feeling again. This shit sucks. Then it was just kind of like processing what the song was and then finally going over the lyrics. 
And when I heard that, it made me think about how much, how isolating finding yourself in a relationship like this can be. Because you're not only mourning the loss of the relationship, you're mourning the loss of the person, you're mourning a loss of self because you put so much into it. And for whatever reason that may be, it wasn't reciprocated. It also can impair relationships that you're in outside of that romantic one. You may want to go to your friends and talk to them about how things ended, what you may have done wrong, what they have done wrong, why life just sucks overall. Your friends will be there to support you and ride the the vibes or ride the whole situation with you. But after a certain point, they're going to come to terms with the fact that, hey, I'm not your damn therapist. And they have that right, too. Your friends are not your therapist. They're there to support you. But if you're going to engage in a conversation about heartbreak, make sure that it is solution oriented, not just I need to just vent because I'm feeling sad and down because then your friends are going to probably isolate and distance themselves from you because you're doing too much and without even knowing it. And that's really all I've got for this song. I really did enjoy this. Again, it put me back in adolescent years and feelings. And sometimes I don't often go back there like I could, but I've been doing that a lot more lately as a therapist, just because our past can really sometimes come up in very peculiar ways as adults, and we're not even able to be cognizant of it. But that's our job, Matt, as therapists. We try to help people like see that and stuff. Mm-hmm. Repeating patterns. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> All right, Matt. So now it's your turn to talk about your song. <sighs> I start off with the... Because <sighs> that's how my song starts off. So for this week's episode, I chose a song that came out when I was 16, 17 years old. And it was a song that I used... Well, I used with the, one of my friends, uh, shout out to Allison. We were huge fans of this artist at the time. And I think I was the one who put her on the song. We were like, yo, this man spitting. And it's by Neo. It's from his second album, Because of You. And the song is called Do You. <sighs> and I'm already again back in junior, senior year going through my emo lovelorn phase. Oh my God. She's not talking to me. What have I done wrong? Wait, I know what I've done wrong. I did this. And will we talk again? I don't know. Or, because that was a situation with an infatuation I had. Or it was two or three relationships that I was in from the span of 2007 to 10. One of them I got cheated on. So fuck, that shit hurt. And again, it was like me trying to reconcile, well, what did I do wrong in this? Like, what, what, why, how could you cheat on me? Like, I don't understand. And the other one, some issues when it came to long distance come up, her being a bit younger than me, it was kind of like, wow, again, I find myself in a situation where this person's kind of being a bit selfish in terms of needs and wants. So at that point in time, again, I was finding myself idealizing these positive traits about people without reconciling the fact that there were certain things about them, myself, or even about the situation itself overall in the relationship that weren't the best to go with. 
And that's what made me initially like the song at that time. Again, I was more so about feeling the vibes of songs. And the Neo vibe was so morose. It was somber. He, you could really hear the pain and how he was choosing to emote it. And he was going through some of the things that I was going through. I, at the end of those relationships, spent a lot of time kind of like ruminating and internalizing, internalizing all these different feelings just because I don't have this person to get these answers from. And I'm looking for closure, but I'm learning through life the hard way that you can't always get closure from the other person. You have to establish it for yourself. And so that's what I liked about the song at the time because the question was, do you think of me? And you can't get the answer because again, that person is gone. You have to figure the answers out for yourself. And my answer eventually with time was no, they're not. And I was, I was, I was like, man, God damn it. I wasn't like, God damn it, like mad, like, oh, God damn. They're not. I'm all alone. What will I do now? Will I find love again? Will somebody else accept me for who I am? Again, now that I'm 31 and I have full self-acceptance of myself, I can poke fun and say, man, I was going through it. But man, you didn't need to go through it that well. Just like I was saying earlier. Had I found the time to really focus on myself and do things that really benefited me, it may have closed the gap a bit more. But again, I was like a junior, senior in high school in two of those relationships, and they, they worked out. Like I was busy, got distracted, and then I'm going to college, so I don't give a shit as much anymore. And then in college, like towards the end of freshman year, it was just like, you know what, this is dead. I'm kind of done with this. And you're already kind of dealt with it too. So I'm just going to accept it and move on. And that's what I did. Now, that's not to say that I always found myself kind of like being alone and single and doing my own thing. Sometimes I would date just because I wanted to see what, was out, what else was out there. And I don't regret it. It was probably good experience just to realize that no, yeah, you really should just kind of be alone in certain capacities. Like, I think I dated like maybe a year on and a year off. It's kind of like seeing what was out there. But ultimately, after I was like, you know what, I'm kind of cool because I'm now noticing that the partners that I'm kind of going out with, they're not really for me. And it says a lot about them and me if I'm continuing to go out with somebody that just doesn't fit with what I'm looking for. So it was a good experience of self-awareness. And it's one that I feel like I have manifested even more as an adult because sometimes, yes, you will find people that you date and it doesn't work out. But you have to be able to take ego out of it, not idealize a person and realize that sometimes things don't work out because the two of you are incompatible. Sometimes there are boundaries that are crossed. Sometimes there are just interests that aren't shared. There's not much of an attraction. You may be in two different places in life. You may be in two different locations in life. When you look at reality as it is, it's so much better because then you don't take it personally and shit on yourself and you don't shit on the other person. It just is what it is. But see, that's my perspective now as an adult. And that's what I thought Do You was about. Oh no, it was not at all. <laughs> so again, he starts off the song with the... Uh, 
And he's talking about how he is longing for her, how he is pining for her, how he's ruminating, thinking these negative thoughts over and over again about the mistakes that he made in the relationship. And he's telling her, you know what? I I, I shouldn't even be reaching out to you. I'm not going to reach out to you. I'm just trying to clear some mental space, you know? And a part of this song also includes the music video. In the music video, you see him like writing notes, balling them up, throwing them away, getting frustrated, knocking stuff over because it's just so hard articulating his feelings and what he truly is experiencing in the moments after their breakup. And, and that makes sense. You know, we all sometimes struggle with feelings. It's one of the hardest things to do. Sit with your feelings. Second verse, though. This is when things start to get interesting, both in the video and in the song. He wishes her congratulations on having a new baby girl because he heard about it from, I guess, a mutual acquaintance. And, you know, you, you want to wish your ex the best. You want to make sure that they're doing all right. But sometimes you have to ask, why do you care? <laughs> do you genuinely care because you hope to see them do better? Or are you truly caring because you hope that Maybe one day the two of you can reconcile, which, again, can be fine as long as you're being honest with yourself and with the other person. If you are using that as leverage subconsciously to get in where you fit in in order to start a new relationship, that's not really healthy. It's kind of manipulative. And that's something that I can definitely talk to, because sometimes as men, we have engaged in that tactic before. Oh, she said she wants to be friends. Cool. I'll be friends with her. Really cool with that. But hopefully in time, the sun will shine. She'll wake up one morning. She'll have a sip of coffee. And then everything will be put together because the caffeine has made the neurons in her brain aligned to the message of this person is the right person for me. And sometimes it happens to women, too. But it ain't the truth. It doesn't happen like that. That is not how relationships work. That's not how love works. That's not how building intimacy works. Sorry to break the news to you, though. I know it's hard. In the video, he makes a line about reaching out to her and telling her to tell her fiance that he can relax. And right there, that's when you start to notice that this song that's supposed to be painful and is, it is a difficult experience to be in, but you're also noticing that a part of his sorrow is from the fact that he has been unable to find closure at the end of the relationship. So he's chasing after this person instead of taking time to really process his feelings on his own. He's trying to interrupt her life, a life with a kid that she now has and a fiance that she has because he just can't get over her, the relationship or himself. It starts drama. And when you have drama starting in relationships, It is messy. It is nasty because it starts to correlate all sorts of different things that shouldn't be correlated at all. And it's because sometimes at the relationship, if you are only looking for external happiness, it's because internally you're not feeling the greatest about yourself. Your confidence isn't as high. Your image, self-image isn't as high. Self-esteem, not as high. So at the end of the video, Again, he reaches out to her in a telephone booth in the middle of the desert. In modern times, I hope that that's not a thing, but hey, it could be because technology fails us sometimes. And he calls her and he expresses the former information I just shared to you. 
And then at the end of the call, hangs up. She looks super sad. And he's like sad in the telephone booth, just kind of like sitting there or standing there like super morose and just looks bad. And then miraculously, no more than maybe five minutes after they hung up in the timeline of the music video, in my mind, she just shows up and then they kiss. And then I think they have sex standing up. (laughs) And that's the end of the video. So, yeah. Again, as a teenager, love the song. As an adult, I still like the song. I just have a much more mature perspective and kind of looking at it for what it is. Myself, as a single person, dating is interesting now because on one hand, you see people who claim to want a relationship, but just like we talked about last time, it's hard for, I think, our generation these days, even the younger generation, Gen Z under us, it's hard to establish a commitment with somebody, a commitment with somebody, because there are a lot of insecurities, past dealings and relationship that may be similar to traumatic experiences or traumatic experiences, a lot of anxieties and insecurities that really you have to put so much more on the line, or you feel as if you have to put so much more on the line to be with somebody, to be open to somebody, to develop that intimacy with somebody. But that's also to our detriment too, because we missing we could be missing out on so many really great connections. Like in my last relationship, sure, me and my former partner we had insecurities, but we were open about those insecurities, and we made each other feel wanted. Because the one thing that you can find in relationships is security. You can find security in the relationship, insecurity in the other person, and you can still be working towards finding security within yourself. It can't just be in those former two things. It has to be everything. You have to be developing an interdependent relationship as opposed to a codependent relationship or a dependent relationship. Because then you get to, again, switch between loving yourself, liking yourself, achieving your goals, establishing your needs and your wants, and also trying to be a constant presence within the other person's life and the relationship's life. So do you, I didn't really get much of that. I just got that these two were just really, really, really just caught in the feelings without thinking about some of the consequences of their behaviors and what would happen to them as individuals and as a couple and to the relationship if they had just taken that step back and just allowed themselves time to heal. What do you think, Anna? Uh, Yeah, I mean, I agree with a lot of the things you're saying and this song um the music video just throws me off (laughs) i mean it it makes sense it makes sense because if you look at the lyrics and he just keeps saying like oh i don't mean to interrupt your life however he's totally interrupting her life by reaching out and saying like oh you know uh i'll leave you alone for good i promise but do you uh still think of me like do you think of me do you (laughs) <laughs> and uh c- congratulations but you know and i'm gonna leave you alone again but you know i just i, w- I just want to know and it's like no you are interrupting <laughs> you don't mean to interrupt you are interrupting um but it is and it is like such a it's a good young love song yeah because mm. you're because you're not when you're young you're not really thinking about those consequences that you just stated um you're not 
I don't know. And I mean, like, I hear so much about, um, like, when you were saying with your uh, relationships, like, one of the uh, girls cheated on you. And, like, that seems to be so common with, like, high school relationships, high school dating. Like, oh, so-and-so cheating, so-and-so cheating, and this and that. And it's just, like, I guess, I don't know, the capacity to have any type of commitment at that age is pretty rare yeah i would say and even now it's it's uh like you said it people seem to struggle with it and i i think part of that is like the ease of looking for something better Mm -hmm. constantly searching for something better um instead of accepting what is yeah instead of accepting what is and then um and and uh you know um that is not taking into account any type of abuse, obviously, if you're in any type of uh, emotional, physical, financial type of abusive relationship, definitely take the steps to, to get out of that. That's, that's different, but we're talking about in sort of like a normal, healthy, average relationship where there's no, no um, abuse occurring. People mm-hmm. still have that. <laughs> well, there could be something better, you know. And I think that's where that that uh, mindset comes in that we were just talking about that whole like um, uh, that emphasis on physical attraction. I mean, that's always going to be a thing. That's always been a thing. It's always going to be a thing. Yeah. You know, and um, uh, it's just, and I I think part of it too is like people. I feel like sometimes you can tell me if I'm wrong or not. I feel like sometimes people tie their self worth to like how attractive their partner is. I would agree. Like, and and then so that whole like idea of like, oh, you know, you should stay stay uh, fit to be attractive to your partner, or you know, like if we're in a relationship, we need to stay fit so we can both look good for each other. Then it's like. Okay. <laughs> For me, it's like, well, why don't you go find someone that's fit then? <laughs> like, why don't you go find somebody else? It looks exactly if it's so important. Cause, um, because that is so fucking temporary. It doesn't matter how much you work out and diet right now. It's like when you're 80 years old, you're 80 years old. It's very rare that anyone in their 80s is like super like a, Olympic body type fit you know that's very rare (laughs) it's like people age it's inevitable uh things happen people get health conditions people get accidents anything can change that can alter physical appearance at any given time any given day it is not in control so um through that being some sort of like what was that western culture yeah western culture and it's so conditional you know, and uh, young love, I think, is very conditional as well. We just don't see it. I mean, I, I've always told, I don't know, when I have these types of conversations with my clients and things like this, it, it, you like love should not be conditional. It shouldn't. Um, we try, we strive and work towards unconditional love for our family and our partners. Is that always possible? No. If there's abuse occurring in any type of situation, no, not possible. Um, but do we work at it constantly? Yes. <laughs> um, it's a, I mean, that's why people don't normally don't break up after one argument, right? 
Mm-hmm. It's not that's not the norm um, because it's it's if it was conditional, then, yeah, they would. OK, you know, uh, narcissistic relationships are primarily conditional. Um, it's like, what are you giving me? I need to get what I want from you. If you can't give it to me, then I'm done. You're, you're devalued that you have no value to me anymore. Um, but I don't know. I just feel like it's something that we all need to work on and, and (laughs) work on recognizing that relationships take work and being willing to put in the effort and, and continuously put in the effort. And I mean, I don't know, like worrying about like, like, yeah, physical attraction matters, but it's going to change. It's going to alter. Um, I don't know. I don't know. This song This song is, I liked it. And then at the same, same time, I'm like, this man is a hoe. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's like, and like, he's, he's like, I mean, if somebody, like one of my exes hit me up like this, I would be like, what? <laughs> Yep. <laughs> like, do you like what? Like, why are you? I would see it as so fucking disrespectful, you know. Like that is so disrespectful. Like to even reach out and say anything like that. Like, oh, are you thinking about it? But it's actually funny because I feel like the um guy that I dated before that I was talking about. Yeah. I think he sent he had yeah he had sent me messages like this in the past. Yeah. Or like, oh, are you still? Do you still think about me? Like, are you still thinking about me? It's like, no. <laughs> um and so it's uh because it, 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 it just shows that they have no respect for you they have no respect for the relationship that you're currently in um and it's just not it's just like a continuation of, of the unhealthy behavior because then i look at the song and i'm like okay well clearly has he has not changed from the past when he's saying like too many times i made you cry well he's still gonna do something that's gonna upset her life even yes yeah, she's accountable as well definitely has a huge part in it <laughs> <laughs> but this behavior, sparking behavior, initiating behavior is going to add to more things that are going to make her cry. So it's, uh, you're right. Like, it didn't take time to think. It didn't take time to reflect, to change. Yeah. To add on to your point about, uh, from to add on to your point with your points from early episodes, narcissism, like Anna's told us in, I think, other episodes, but I know in her in our Healing from Narcissism workshop, it's a spectrum. We all have elements of narcissism within us. So if you are about to end a relationship, yeah, sure, someone could say you're making a narcissistic or selfish decision, but the selfish decision that you're making is for yourself because you are also choosing not to extend that hurt onto somebody else. It's like if you're in a relationship where again, like a super, super serious boundary has been crossed. Like I was mentioning a physical abuse earlier. Then no, yeah, you end it. You have to think of yourself at that point because again, your violation is, the violation that has happened is so, so detrimental that sometimes you can't repair that or you're choosing that you don't want to because this is something that is a no-go. As the kids say these days, my generation says these days, it's a red flag. And when you see red flags, you're not supposed to go towards them. They're telling you to stay away, move, <laughs> leave, be out, bye. And I mention this because the stuff that happens to us when we are teenagers, we're kids, we're young adults, it doesn't necessarily goes, go away. It just becomes more embedded within our identities as we get older. And sometimes without knowing it, you may 
B, we experiencing a similar dynamic that isn't the same, but you can notice that certain elements of it are the same. And once you are able to sit with it, understand it, process it, and learn from it, you do better with navigating through it to either let go or to, unfortunately, stay in it a little bit longer. It happens. And there's no fault on you or the other person. Sometimes hard heads make for the softest asses. If you don't know what that means, you don't know what that means. Yeah, I've never heard that. (laughs) Uh Uh-uh. So just to explain for everybody who didn't, because I was like, man, I know Anna knows this. Hard heads make the softest asses essentially means that if you are being super stubborn with accepting reality as it is, your ass is going to get kicked real easily. That's it. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> and I know that me and how I date now as an adult, my ass isn't kick- getting kicked that much often anymore. But even I, even therapists, sometimes we have a blind spot of sorts when it comes to anything that happens in life. And that doesn't make us any better or worse as people. It just is what it is. We just have the understanding of why it may occur. That doesn't mean that we may not engage in it that consistently, but we do have the insight. We do have the knowledge and intellect to help others realize what those patterns are just as much as we can sometimes engage in them ourselves. And then we have therapists we go to to help us work through them. It's a continual pattern of trying to do better to enhance the life that you want to live. So yeah, that's all I got. All right. Um, so yeah, so this episode a little, little uh, darker, perhaps yes. than last last episode. A little bit, a little bit more um, sad, <laughs> intense. Um, but uh, you know, we'll have more content for you. Matt and I are still working on our uh, theme for the next uh, episode. Yeah. We haven't quite solidified it yet, but we got some pretty good ideas. Um, but right now we're going to get into our recommendations, our music recommendations for this week. So I'm going to go first. I got Jack Kay's Morbid Mind. Um, definitely check this guy out. Um, he's a young artist, pretty new artist. Uh, he has bipolar disorder. He's talked about it on his Instagram account before. Um, so if you follow him, you can read up um, on his post. He's very insightful. He's very open uh, with his emotions, what he talks about. You listen to his music. It's very emotional. Um, Morbid Mind is is uh, one of my favorite songs. And he just put out a new single I think, this week, last week. He's been There's been singles coming out every week. Uh, all his songs I highly recommend. Um and also check out Connor Maynard's cover of uh, the song that I chose today, uh, Driver's License. Check it out. It's good. It's emotional, passionate. Um, Matt and I, we liked that one, I think, the most out of the covers so far. Yes. All right, Matt, what you got? All right. I've got two songs and an EP that I want to recommend to you guys, give you some good listening to drive to work with or drive home with or just share with other people that's 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 all i got so my first recommendation is 
Blame by Bryson Tiller, a song that came out in 2019. And I like to think of it as a more mature version of Neo's Do You. Same concept, relationship ended. Bryson is very sad about it. He's trying to understand the mistakes that happened in the relationship. But unlike Neo, he's also taking accountability. He knows that his partner's in a whole new relationship. She has a whole new last name. And he's like, you know what? I'm not going to interrupt your life. I instead am going to take time to heal, to process, to understand the things that occurred in the relationship that I was at fault at, and maybe in time, the things that you also contributed to as far as faults as well, so that I can become a better person and find something that truly impacts my life in a positive way. And I like this song just because, again, it's mature and he's a younger artist, too. And it's nice seeing how the artistry has changed from just the typical black and white thinking. I was right. You were wrong or you were right. I was wrong or baby, baby, please come back or baby, baby. No, stay away from me. It, again, demonstrates how relationships can be a bit more a bit much more complicated than sometimes we give credit to. Uh, the other song that I am recommending is called The Bigger Picture by Little Baby. I can't say that I followed, followed this artist uh, consistently back when maybe he first came out. I don't know when he came out, but I know this song came out last summer, 2020, and it kind of talks about and highlights the issues of racial discrimination when it comes to law enforcement and police brutality. And it's not it's not necessarily a simple song where it's just like, again, this is bad, or you're bad, and I'm right, and we're right. I'm not really a fan of simple conversations when it comes to such very, very important topics like this. I like hearing many more perspectives and instances of nuance in conversations like this. And this song reminded me of the Joyner Lucas song, I'm Not Racist, in terms of how it kind of, at least from the artist's perspective, Lil Baby, how it impacts him, how it impacts Black people. It doesn't alienate listeners if you're a fan of like a different race, ethnicity, color. It just seems like it draws people in more and says that there is more that could be done. And that's what I like about the song. And then finally, I'm happy to share that there's an EP I want to recommend from a local Chicagoland artist his name is Cortrez. I actually ran into him at Aldi's. He and I were former coworkers. I saw his face and I was like, I know that's him. And I'm going to keep making eye contact with him because normally I wouldn't. And if it's not him, I'll be fine. But I was just thinking about this guy the other day. So I know it's him. And it was him. He told me that he put out a six track EP. I've enjoyed some of his content before previously when he shared them with me. And at the time, I had just gotten off work. Work was kind of a little bit sad. So I was telling him, yo, what's this EP about? He's like, oh, yeah, it's kind of sad. And I was like, I, I can't deal with sad right now. I just got off work. He's like, no, no, it's not that sad. You know, man, it, it'll, it, it starts off talking about some of my experiences from 2020 when I was experiencing like some issues and how I kind of worked through them. And I was like, all right, cool. Better listened. Then I saw him again in another aisle. And I was like, yo, you said this didn't start off sad. And he told me, like, don't worry. It's going to pick up. It all makes sense. And it did. And I liked kind of listening to his journey when it comes to kind of finding resilience during 2020, during the pandemic, during all the crap that everybody had to experience. 
And yeah, if you have any chance, check it out. It's on again, Spotify. I didn't say that before, so I'll say it again. It's on Spotify. The EP is called Discombobulated. And I would say the first track itself, Fatality, I enjoy a lot. Again, it's sad, but it eventually pulls itself out. Yeah, that's all I got. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to our episode, our pilot episode and episode number two as well. We really, really appreciate it. Uh, thank you to everyone who's followed our, followed us on Instagram and liked our Facebook page. Um, check us out on there. If you haven't already, we will uh, be continuing to post content weekly. Um, on the Facebook page, I post the links to YouTube videos for the songs that we've chosen. So check those out. Um, anything else you want to add, Matt? Yes, thank you to the listeners again for checking the episode out. I know it was a, it may have been a hard one or it could have been a hard one. And I appreciate you guys being so strong and pushing through it because, I mean, hey, shit can be triggering. And you chose to listen. So I want to just make sure that you take accountability just like I am for potentially having made you feel a little bit sad, you know, give and take relationship. And we are giving so much to you guys and going to take this one instance to say hey we're here for you but you chose to be here we didn't make you um that no i don't think i got nothing else oh oh i do so time for the super secret behind the scenes info that we were going to share at the end of the episode anna would you like to tell them or should i um i think i think you should tell them (laughs) so we started this pod at, let's say, 140, 145, and we, we, we really put in a lot of good work in terms of recording this episode. I thought that, man, we really put our foot in it, you know? And then after we were done with it, we realized that, or I realized that the record button was never pressed by yours truly. So this is actually the second version of the first version of the episode that you should have gotten, which was lost to time and only Anna and I can know how great it was. <laughs> it was awesome. But I think this one was pretty awesome too. We yeah. tried our best. Less, it's, it was the one thing that the listeners are probably just missing out on is our tangents that we went off of when it came to talking about CBT, DBT, ACT, REBT, what they stand for, which... I guess I'll share it because then it wouldn't be fair for the listeners that don't know therapy. CBT is cognitive behavioral therapy. DBT is dialectical behavioral therapy. ACT is acceptance commitment therapy. It's not ACT, it's ACT. And then REBT is rational emotive behavioral therapy. I'm tired already. Yeah, and Matt uses a lot of DBT and Anna, me, that's me, Anna. I use CBT because... And I will share. I will share again. Why? Again, <laughs> this is the first time for the listeners. Um, I use CBT because I uh, firmly believe that we are able to have better control of our thoughts than we are of our emotions because emotions are more reactive. They are more difficult to control. If we work on our thoughts and our behaviors, we can gain control and have a better outcome than focusing so like solely on emotions thoughts can be challenged redirected changed um refocused emotions not so much you know hit you hard they hit you fast 
their uh, their reactions it's more, much more difficult to control. So I prefer CBT myself. I on the first version of this, I didn't get into DBT because I was like, no, we should we should save time for another episode. But I'll give a little spiel. Um, I got into DBT through a mentor. Thank you, Dorothy. Um, originally, when I started my practical internship, I was going to do CBT, but Dorothy, she mostly had taught me and my fellow like peers, colleagues, friends, everything about DBT as best she could. And it's been something that I have been rocking with ever since. I love those dialectics. Being able to notice that life is, there's a gray. There's always going to be gray in life. And you have to be able to reconcile that. Sometimes we like to look at it in a split perspective of being all or nothing black and white. And it's important to try, to try and find multiple truths that exist in every situation that occurs so that we break away from the black and white thinking and learn to look at life as something that is a, not necessarily a bit more complicated, although it is, but a bit more intricate than often we give credit to. And that is how sometimes we can find ourselves becoming really, really reactive and emotional when it comes to situations or internalizing our feelings and just intellectualizing everything and looking at the facts of the situation. And there's so much more that I can get into, but I love that example. It's called dialectics. Again, it gets into the wise mind concept, which I'm not going to get into. Talks about skills that you can help people with learning how to be more expressive, be more present, learn how to cope, be aware of their emotions. And that's all y'all get for free from me. For free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We also talked about DBZ, which is Dragon Ball Z, and DB, which is Dragon Ball. And then would you say DBS? Dragon, Dragon Ball, Ball Super? Super. But we don't I like Dragon Ball The other one that's non-king. Yes. I didn't say it. Y'all know what it is, though, if you're a Dragon Ball fan. Not going to say it, though. I was going to say it because I was thinking, but I'm not going to say it because it's not. It's not. It doesn't have anything to do with anything. And I like Dragon Ball Super and I like Dragon Ball Z. You should read the Dragon Ball Super manga. Sometimes a lot better than the show. And it's actually still continuing. Well, I'm trying to read Star Wars books right now, so I got I got to do that first because I want to yeah. read about Grand Admiral Thrawn, who is super super cool. Um, but we won't get we won't get into the whole Star Wars talk today. We can we can do that another day. You, you got you got you got the missing content that you missed out on just now. That was what you missed out on. Yeah, that's pretty much everything they missed. <laughs> All right. Again, thank you guys for listening. Tune in next Sunday, March the 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7 for this episode to premiere. And then two more weeks for episode four. And what that will be about, we'll find out in due time. All right. Thank you guys for listening. Bye. Bye. And...